another day, another FPL pod. Jack, how are you this evening? Josh, your boy. I'm uh, very well, thank you. Very well. Had a good game week, good weekend. Saw June. We had a good time seeing June, didn't we? I thought it was really good. Lovely. Five stars. Yep. Meant we missed the Liverpool game as well, which you would have been pleased about. <laughs> First loss of the season missed in favour of some space opera. So good times. And yeah, yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Well, you've yeah, you've alluded to the, the good and the bad, you know, for my weekend, I guess. Left at halftime, left the Liverpool game at halftime to go into the cinema, thinking, you know, just reclaimed a goal against West Ham. Going to be smooth sailing the second half. Uh, couldn't be more wrong. So great, 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 great. But, you know, points for Trent. So silver linings. What can you do? Yeah, what can you do? Bit of an exciting week for us, Josh, isn't it? Because if you're watching this on YouTube, you may be able to see our faces for the first time. So hello, if you are watching. Hello. It will mean that if you're listening in the pod, we may refer to things that are on the screen, but we'll do our best to help listeners out. Bear that in mind, won't we, Josh? We'll, we'll talk about what we're showing as well as showing it. And it may also mean that this is our first non-edited pod. So you might hear a lot of ums and ahs, a lot of pauses, some coughing, you know. We'll see what happens. But apologies if that's the case. And more apologies if this recording fails and we just go back to audio. So we won't keep mentioning it. But that's the caveat, I think, Josh, isn't it? The start of this pod. That's where we are. This is us, warts and all. Exactly. So what's on the menu, Josh? What's our, what's our running order looking like? Let's let them know. Well, hopefully it's a familiar one. We've got a little groove now. So going to start with the game week 11 points, how we got on, then move on to the XG and XA top performers. Then we've got a quick fire question round and some fixture predictions. The three this week, most interesting fixtures that we think people want to know about with their assets. Then we're going to you know, look towards game week 12. I know it's a little long way away this this time, but we're going to look to it with our transfer plans and captaincy and then check in on the Algo teams. Sounds good to me, man. Let's crack on, shall we? How have you got on, Josh, this week? Spoiler, if you are watching on YouTube, and that's the last time I'll say that. That's the last time I'll say it. But you should be able to see our teams on screen now via FPL game week. Josh, for our listeners, how have you got on? At 71 points, so happy. Yeah, nothing to complain about there. A lovely larger green arrow this game week. And a lot went right, really. For those who listened last week, obviously I was down in the dumps about checking or swapping Ramsdale out and bringing Foster in and Ramsdale had an absolute stormer. Wasn't going to make that mistake this time round but was a little bit down to hear that Foster saved a penalty quite early doors, thinking I'm going to make the same mistake again. But Ramsdale still came in with the clean, the clean and a bonus point. So seven for him. And then just a lot of those potential points from my wild card way back when I finally you know, came to fruition. So Cancelo and Diaz, Man City finally came back with that clean and Cancelo more than just the clean points. And then, yeah, Trent doing well as well. Salah. Rafinha still, you know, performing well with his returns. The front three for me, only five points between Tony, Antonio and Vardy. But I think that's a common problem, which we're going to touch upon as well. But 
really 71 points and nothing to complain about so quite happy with that and um yeah what about yourself jack how'd you get on yeah well just uh just to touch on your brilliant game week josh yeah really well done finally those man city defenders paying dividends after a bit of a slow start since getting them um, Cancelo, I mean, is the hot property, isn't he, at the moment? He's threatened every week, and this week it paid off with those assists for him. And, yeah, well done, really. Well done. Like you say, the strikers, blunt strike force is just really common. I think, it's, and as you say, it's a problem we'll touch on. But, yeah, Josh, 71 points. I mean, game week rank of 101,000 for you. They say, I've read somewhere that if you finish in the top million each game week, you're basically guaranteed to win the thing. Like you win the whole thing, like so that shows how consistency matters. Like just just filling in the in the top million out of eight million in the game week rankings each week shows you don't have to have a stellar game week each week. But the winners are made from people that don't have a disastrous week, basically that just ruins them. So yeah, well done. Happy for you. Happy Thank for you. you. Cheers. Yeah. So my my teams on the left of yours here. So yeah, less good but not terrible. Fifty seven points. I think the average was 48. Generally, I'm kind of happy if you get above 55. If I tend to get above 55 points, ideally above 60, but 55 is like a good... You don't feel down if you get over 55, I think. So I was, yeah, I'm happy. Happy with that, really. Sanchez in goal obviously let a lot of people down with that that last-minute howler on Callum Wilson with the minus one was was the, the, the disappointment of the week. But like you had Trent... I brought in Gallagher with one of my trans free transfers this week. He paid me back instantly with that those eleven <laughs> points. Really good. Livramento continues to to tick over each week for me. Really glad. I love that people are still benching him because of his price. <laughs> it's a great great thing to see. Rafinha, as you said, Captain Salah again, not a blank from him. Yeah, with just blanks from Mane. I mean, Mane should have scored watching those highlights after June. Tuning in after June, post June to watch those Liverpool highlights. I don't know how Mane missed two of those chances. So I don't feel, t- it's a weird one where gutted to see he missed them, but glad to see he got them. You know, glad to see at least he had some chances and he wasn't a passenger. And I mean, Brentford and Bremo will come on to, you had the same thing with Tony uh, and Antonio and Kane just just carrying the torch of, of blanking strikers. So yeah, it's not like I missed out on a striker's haul. So I don't really mind my stri- strikers blanking when the, everyone else misses out. So yeah. Yeah, a pretty pretty okay game week. Another green arrow, a couple of hundred thousand places, up to 1.4 mil. You can see my graph on the screen there of how I'm, it's it's going in the right direction, my graph, Josh. My graph is rising steadily. It is getting to that point of the season, though, where you start to worry a little. It's The rises and falls get less and less because the points are getting more spread. So it's just that I need to make some gains in the run-up to Christmas, really, if I'm hoping for you know, to break to the top 100K, which is which is always my aim. So, yeah, going in the right direction, though. Going in the right direction. Yeah, and we're still within the territory of being able to jump up massively, isn't it? I think for a lot of the mini leagues that people are in now, and the competitive ones, if you're looking at that as well, you start to worry when the gap between you and the leader is like more than, you know, 100, 100 150 points or whatever. But we're starting to get to that ter- territory, but we're, we're not quite there yet, are we? So, you know, you've got more than enough time yet. Yeah, that's right. I think using live FPL, I think I saw that I'm less than, less than 100 points off the top 100K. So with that in mind, I'm quite, I don't mind. Once it gets over 100 points it gets a bit dicey. And you can see uh, uh, the main league we're in on the left here. 
I'm still, I'm less than 100 points off number one spot in that league. So, Jimmy, I'm coming for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm still not not a panic stations and, and, as I say, going in the right directions. Just having a little look at your graph. I mean, yeah, you've done very well. Yeah, you've been slipping down the ranks recently, haven't you? But then this week's catapulted you back up with a 71. So it shows the power of a good week, man. It shows how powerful a good week can be. For and long may they continue. Yeah, long may it continue. Well done. Happy for you. Cheers, cheers. On to the international break. Let's should we move on to the XGXA performers. Anything else you wanted to touch on? Just that, that, no. I was going to segue us over to the XG and XAs. So Let's move on. Let's move it on. Lovely. So same kind of format as we have done, as we did last week, and I think the week before, top three XG and top three XA performers from the last five game weeks we want to cover. Cool. And start with the XGs. I'll kick it to you, Jack. Number three, the third spot. It's Bobby Firmino, still there. He's injured currently, so not too much to talk about with Bobby. Yeah. But we could maybe expand this point to discuss him as an asset, but also, you know, comparing to Jota, which a lot of people are talking about as well. But Bobby, if he were to be fit tomorrow, I I don't think that's going to be the case because I think Klopp described his hamstring injury as being quite bad. We don't know how long that's going to be yet, but... I guess that's just going to be a case of, you know, Mane, Jota are going to be a lot more guaranteed for minutes going forward. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. I think, yeah, it's a bit of a shame Bobby's still in this top three um, because, as you say, he's um, he's injured. But it shows the power of Liverpool, how good they've been, how dominant they've they've been over the last month or so. And, yeah, the first, first loss against West Ham there. Bobby being injured, we'll come on to Jotter, I think, in the, the quick fire questions later, but it does, it says a lot that it's him there rather than Mane or Jota. I mean, he he's ha- he was having a great season, so you've got to feel a bit bad for him and, and his owners there. To be in this top three with just 273 minutes is is impressive. It's impressive. It just showed how how well he was doing. But yeah, I mean, I think when when he emerged in these charts, we were like, well, we don't we don't actually we still don't really recommend getting him because because he's a striker, it blocks you some other Liverpool slots, and there were other striking options. But I actually think now, if he was still around, yeah, if he was still around, I'd actually think now we might want to look at him because the striking options have suddenly dried up. But yeah, is what it is with Bobby. He's out for quite a while, isn't he? I think. We haven't had a timeline, but it was described as a bad hamstring injury, which we all know means is going to be weeks upon weeks, isn't it? So we'll wait to see, but not anytime soon for sure. So from our short termish, you know, three to three, four, five game weeks, doesn't look like he's going to be back for those. But yeah, we'll keep it here to the ground. Yeah, yeah, there we are. Who's in the number two spot? It's Mohamed Salah. Uh, so we said so much about. Mo, I mean, we're spoiled really in the fact that we can just continue to captain him and, and get an assist again. It's just guaranteed returns, really. Five goals, five assists. We've only seen, you know, an assist for each of the last two games, but still seeing him in this chart at number two, there's nothing to worry about for me. What about for you? Yeah, same thing. I mean, five goals, five assists in five games is incredible. Like, absolutely amazing. Uh, I do think we will start to see, because the last two games haven't been as explosive as the prior ones, even though he's returned, 
I think we'll start to see that combined with people's natural natural feelings of boredom and wanting to be different and thinking they're better than the crowd and picking a better captain. I think more and more we'll see other captains be be selected over him. But to me, that's just good news because I'm just going to keep whacking that armband on Salah. And the more people that don't pick him, the more of a a plus it is for me when he when he hauls. Yeah, he's as close to a sure thing as I think we've ever had in FPL. You know, looking back on the Aguero days, the Suarez days, the Lampard days. I mean, it feels like those days again. Just having that set and forget captain is it's rare. It's rare and it's great to have when it comes. So I think use it. It's a rare, beautiful thing. Thanks, Mo. Yeah, indeed. Like a double rainbow. Um, <laughs> there it is, Mo Salah. But he's off the top spot, Josh. He's off the top spot for the first time in a long time. Who's at number one? He's been eclipsed by the P, the Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And I know it seems funny for us to be saying, you know, he's the number one spot for XG when, you know, he's just missed a penalty this game week. (laughs) But two goals, one assist in the last five, you know, an XG of 3.63. Can we take this as a good sign of his potential points in weeks to come? I mean, I'm just going to look at the Arsenal fixtures now. Liverpool next, obviously, that's not great. But then Newcastle, but then we've got United, then Everton, then Southampton. So kind of mixed in the short term. But over the five, there's some quite nice fixtures there for Arsenal assets. Yeah, I mean, he had a... I bet a lot of this XG was built up in that weekend's game. But he had an absolute shocker, not just with the penalty miss, but he messed up for Saka's disallowed goal. So he should have, if he controlled that better, he would have been onside and controlled it well and scored it because it was basically an open open goal. Instead, he, he mistouched it to Saka, who was offside, who finished it. So there's one mess up from him. And then Odegaard's goal, he should have left it instead of tapping it in and he was offside for that. So I think that, I don't know if that counts as Arnie's XG, like him finishing that Odegaard goal, I'm guessing it doesn't because it was offside. But yeah, the missed penalty would have counted for a lot and generally had a poor game. That being said, he is getting in the positions and he is he is doing well. He's done well weeks gone by and he's looking more, he's looking happier and he's looking more like the Aubameyang that we, we've seen in seasons gone by. So as a Kane owner, I'm thinking Aubameyang's 10 million, Kane's 12 million. There's not many other striking options. Two million less. Is Kane got a fire under Conte or is he still a bit jaded? Yeah, I've definitely got got my eye on Aubameyang. For this game week, you'd bring him in against? Not, no, probably not for this game week. So again, we'll come on to our plans, but I probably will roll it. But in, yeah, going forward, Aubameyang's definitely on my radar. Interesting. Yeah, can't argue with that. Good stuff. So XA, let's switch the table up a little bit. So I'm using understat if you're watching the... Uh, screen here brilliant website understat.com for all your statistical needs <laughs> so xa top three josh number three he was in the chart last week i believe he's dropped a position but still in the top three who we got it's the bilver it's bernardo silva so you know he continues to be getting consistent minutes under pep so cue him being dropped next week but um mm-hmm. no two goals one assist in the last five Good XG and XA numbers, 1.68 for the XG, 1.75 for the XA. So, you know, potential points from both sides of the column here. The conclusion we came to last week was, do you want to get in this pep roulette? 
you probably want to get in it if you're getting a if someone puts their head above the parapet at that city team and starts putting in performances consistently and getting points consistently. Are we saying that is the case for Silver, or we see it still saying it's too soon? For me, he looks great. He looks he's the hot. If he's the hot asset in City now, and it, it's sort of him and Foden are, are both looking good. But for me, it's just again, I don't want the headache, and there's no guarantee. There is absolutely no guarantee because we've been here early in the season. Grealish was the man; he was picking every game. Suddenly dropped. Now Bilva's in. If Torres comes back, will Bilva be out? I just don't know. Is Sterling going to get a run? Mares? There's just so many options here. If you brought him in, and our good friend Danny brought him in before people were talking about him and he's reaped the rewards and, and fair play, well done for spotting that trend. But I think it might, for me, it's too late to jump on the train because I think there could be any, any day he could be, could be dropped down and that goes for any of those city attackers. So for me, it's an avoid still. What do you, what about you? Are you tempted? No, I think there are other assets his price point and cheaper he's around about seven mid isn't he where that risk doesn't come and i think you're right we're getting the impression that he's an overperformer at this moment in time he's overperforming and getting more points than is you know typical for him of course he could could continue to do so but the general feel is that it will drop off and so maybe we've seen all the best so far but I, i think yeah the people there's some hot property at kind of the six mil and below even that are more consistent than him you know the Rafinha's the Gallagher's etc etc so you don't I don't think you need to look in that direction and have that risk yeah I think that's a fair point as well yeah the fact he's in the mix with all those other hot mids doesn't do him any favors if he was a striker maybe we'd be having a different conversation but yeah yeah I think I'd avoid I would avoid avoid Um, yeah great player though great player like him great guy in the second spot, Josh, we've got a first appear- first time appearance for this man Debut. in uh, in the assist chart. Who we got? It's the Cho. It's Callum Hudson Adoy. Mm. So he's only actually only played four times, had four appearances in the last five, with three hundred and sixteen minutes. His XA is at one point eight, but he's only scored one goal with zero assists. So are we seeing here? You know, that cautionary tale of the stats aren't everything. And is he a bit of a red herring? Uh, what do you think, Jack? Can, can you be interested in it? I mean, his price yeah. point is 5.3. Is he a defender, he a defender in, the, in, the, in FPL? He's a midfielder. He's a midfielder, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think you might be right. I mean, very talented player. I think any Chelsea fans, I feel like I've been banging on about him for years, really, shall we? But yeah, I don't think... Again, similar to Bilva, he's not a guaranteed starter. His minutes show it. He's not guaranteed on the team sheet at all. And it's a surprise to see him in it. Fair play. He's obviously been... Chelsea have been dominating teams, I think everyone would agree. Just lacking some finishing in some games, particularly the weekend against uh, Burnley. But hell of a differential if you want to go for him. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if next game he's not on the team sheet or he's on the bench. So with that in mind, that that trumps everything for me. And he's not worth not worth getting. How much is he in, in FPL? 5.3 mil yeah. currently. So very cheap. But I mean, it's not much more to get a Gallagher who has that talisman factor about him. So 
and same with the Smith Row. So I think if you, you're lumping him in with those two, then I just feel, you know, there's, there's better options for you. But good to see you in there, Joe. Yeah, Joe, fair play. I mean, I would agree with what you're saying. Minutes-wise, he's only actually played, had appearances in five of the 11 game weeks so far, and in none of them has he played 90 minutes. I mean, he's got, you know, the 87 minutes, 84 minutes, 81. You could say that's as, as good as getting 90 in a team like Chelsea. But that's a big red flag for me. And, yeah, you know, they've got, especially in their midfield, we talk about, you know, their defence, there being so many um, good options. But their midfield is just stacked as well. You know, they've got the Pulisic is coming back. Rumlos has cheeks in the mix. Mount has missed a few games for sickness and other reasons. I mean, it's got to be, you know, thinking his spot if he, if he, when he gets some minutes together. So, again, could have, could miss, could have missed the boat on Cho. Yeah, could have missed, yeah. I mean, the boat was. I don't think there was even much of it's a little dinghy. No boat. It's in my raft. opinion, it's barely a boat. It's a yeah, it's a model boat in a bathtub. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, Cho. I mean, keep developing, keep going, and maybe you'll make your way into our teams. See you in the future. In the future, but yeah. Well done, but no thanks again. We're not liking these sisters, Josh, but I think we will like number one. And I don't think we need to talk about him. It's Mo Salah, super high on XG, super high on XA. Got a lovely assist for Trent against West Ham. And yeah, what can we say? Are you are you in the perma? We won't because we're not going to talk about the Salah perma caps too much later. Are you still perma cap, Sal? Salah, are you looking to do that next? Or are you getting a bit tempted with... Other options? I'm, I'm not. I'm a bit concerned about Liverpool's performances overall, but I'm not concerned about him. Yeah. And I think he has given us no reason to doubt it. He's still, you know, consistently returned points like no other asset. So, perma captain for me, still. He's the best player in the world, in my opinion, at the moment. Oh, nice. I mean, That's a from what, big shout. I mean, I don't watch any other football in the Prem, so it's a meaningless comment from me. But from what I gather, maybe Lewandowski, I hear he's good. But apart from that, he's, he's class. So definitely the best player in the league. So let's move on. We've done it. That That's is like XG, and XA. See you later. So little break. Little break indeed. Um, we'll take a little break and we will then come back with the quickfire questions. Happy days. See you in a sec. And we're back. So we're going to look at our quick fire question round, Jack. So you put together yeah. some questions, which we're going to cover. Do you just want to kick it off? Start right from the top. Yeah, let's go. Just get them up. So yeah, I'll be asking you eight questions. Quick fire, just knee jerk responses for me, Josh. And we can elaborate a little bit. But the idea is they're super quick. So hot topic this week. What do we do regarding a Sanchez placement so Sanchez got sent off many people have him one of the high stone goalies if you're a Sanchez only what do you do I think everyone's going to be in a different situation here isn't it because it depends who you chose as your backup did you go with Steele or did you not if you did go with Steele he's going to play no issue you just keep on going like nothing ever happened if you don't have him then I guess what you're saying is you probably don't have a playing backup unless you've got a foster. 
which means do you bring in someone else to replace him for the short term or for the long term? And I think if it's for the short term, i.e. you'll be looking to bring him in straight away afterwards, that just seems like badness to me because you're bringing another player in. And I think we've alluded to the fact before that you can't be planning transfers in advance so many weeks. So I think if you are going to replace him, you've got to be kind of looking to think that you want that person right through to the Christmas break. Yeah. I mean, it's a one game ban. It's exactly. one game. Exactly. It's a one game ban. Yeah. Ideally you've got steel on your bench. If so, definitely just play steel and wait the ban out, put Sanchez back in afterwards. If you don't have, if you don't have that, that steely bench, then there's a case to just ride it out. You know, just don't play the goalie transfers are very useful. If you have to pick a goalie, if you had to pick another 4.5, Josh, who would you go for? Um, the two that would take my interest, why well, three, I guess. I mean, I've got Ramsdale. So I think he would be of interest. But I think the other two that I were maybe looking at would be Guiata for Palace. Because yep. I think they've been very good recently. And actually, their XGA is one in the, in the top five of any team. So, you know, they've been quite resilient in defence. And although they haven't been showing it recently, I think Brentford showed us in the early part of the season that they were also stubborn defensively. So we haven't seen it in the last kind of two to three game weeks, but there's some potential there. So I think Raya is in the mix as well. But if I had to pick now, I would pick Guiata or... I've got Ramsdale, so there's not much between them, to be fair. I just yeah. think that Greta's, um fixtures are pretty good because we know that Palace's fixtures are, you know, Burnley, Villa, Leeds, United, Manchester United, and then Everton. So it's not terrible at all. Ramsdale's the one that jumps out to me for sure. If I didn't have Steel on my bench, I'd, I'd be moving, shifting to Ramsdale. I think they're just on the up. Uh, I think he's a bargain, really, for what Arsenal are becoming. So, yeah. Good. Okay, that's that was not quick far enough, but we'll get quicker. We covered it, but we it's important, very important topic. So, number two, are all strikers terrible now, Josh? Yes and no. I think so. We're not we're not seeing a lot of points, but there are some strikers that, despite not getting the points, I think we can still have confidence that they will get points over the long term. And I'm looking at Antonio there. Because I think despite him, you know, not having loads of points over recent game weeks, he's still involved in everything that West Ham do and West Ham is still a great team. But the Vardys of the world, I think, yeah, there's, of course, he will get goals again later in the year, but they're not looking great at the moment. And I think he's he's lost his uh, mojo a little bit at the moment. So, but generally speaking, yeah, it's a barren wasteland, that striker spot. Would you agree? I think everyone needs to take a step back and just remember what it was like a few weeks ago when we had too many striker options and the midfielders weren't looking good, so it was big at the back. It's still a bit big at the back vibe now. In two weeks' time, on any given week, there could be just a haul from loads of strikers. So I think don't break the bank and destroy your team because you think all strikers are rubbish now. It's so easy to get narrow-minded and thinking and just think in terms of the last week gone and the last and the last couple of weeks in terms of these big all general rules of, oh, it's a year for the midfielders, it's a year for the strikers, it's a year for the defenders. Like Generally, it's going to be a year for all players in different positions. So 
yeah, don't get caught up on that. If you've got good strikers like your Antonios with good underlying numbers, they're probably going to come good later on. Um, Tony aside. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, don't panic. Strikers are still fine. And in individual cases, it'll be interesting how they do like Kane and Tony, those ones. But, yeah, I don't think all strikers are bad in short. Question three. Question three. Should we ditch Tony after the Brentford disappointment of the last two games? And I'd throw Umbuemo in there as well. Just Brentford assets generally. Is it as it of time run out for them? No, because they've got Newcastle this week, game week twelve. But they had Norwich this week, and they had Burnley the week before. What I would say is Burn- Burnley, although not being one of the better teams, have proven themselves to be have a bit more about them than people maybe thought originally. And I think Norwich, since they switched to a back three, actually have been more resilient and tricky than a lot of people have given them credit for. Mm-hmm. And I think what we've seen is the one fixture, or the one team that has shown that any striker, and I'm looking at Kane here, can return against them despite their form lack or lack thereof, is Newcastle at the moment. So I think, one, we've alluded to the Brentford assets prices they're very difficult to get out of your team because they're so low in price. So buy just give yourself another week, keep them for Newcastle and see how they get on there. So I think it's um it's a free week. I'm telling you to be passive. You've you you've been let off for a week. There you go. I've got nothing to add to that. Completely agree. <laughs> With all your points, be very interesting to see how they do this week. And if the, I do think that if they don't get anything against Newcastle. Then I think they're, they're gone. kind of they're a case where we've given them enough time. And yes, the stats show that they should be scoring, but the stats also show that they're not scoring. So yeah, I don't think and Buemo will be on the chopping block if he doesn't get anything against Newcastle, frankly speaking, from my perspective. Question four should Jota be a priority given Firmino Firmino's injury? The risk around him was always minutes, right? He's a great asset right from the beginning. Now, we're saying that he's pretty much guaranteed to start. Liverpool had a little bit of a problem with their results recently, last two, losing to West Ham, drawing to Brighton, but they've scored four goals in those games. So I think, yeah, of course he's going to be great, should start, he'll get points. It's just whether you prioritise bringing him in over other hot property at the moment. So the Bowens of the world, you know, if you're looking to bring in a Cancelo, Trent, Chilwell or James, those kind of players, I can't say with any confidence that he should be a higher priority than bringing in like a Chilwell, for example, or a Cancelo. Yeah, it doesn't have the same feeling as when this happened at the start of the season where Jota 7.5 away into that Liverpool front three Oh my God, drop everything. But as you say, still a good, still a good purchase. I think for that price in midfield, if you've if that's the move you're looking to make, then then Jota should be the number one in that position, I think. But you're right. Now we're looking at the fullbacks, the expensive fullbacks more. Maybe they're where you should be casting your eye. So yeah, fully agree on that one. Five. Should we break our teams to get the fullbacks in. So speaking of those fullbacks, you know, we're talking the Cancelo, James, Chilwells, they're all been firing recently. 
should they be the priority now or should we not just should they be the priority but should we look to reshape our teams a lot of people have cheap defenses should we look to offload uh, an expensive attacker to, to fit them in what do you think i mean i i want to say yes and the only reason i'm not saying outright yes is it could be that like poisoned apple scenario because the bottom line for all of those ones that you've listed the Cancelo, Chilwell and James is there is rotation risk and although I think maybe for Chilwell I will say is the least even though Alonso was great in the early season like earlier on in the season from what we saw last year Tuchel obviously rates Chilwell much higher than Alonso and I think will play him consistently James obviously is up against uh, Aspie so he may be rotated more, but he's playing incredibly well at the moment. So I think what I'm saying is, yeah, they're hot property at the moment, but I wouldn't be surprised if they they don't have the minutes, all the minutes in like the next three, five game weeks or whatever. Um, I'd still look to bring them in and I will, I'm looking to bring in either Chilwell or James. So you've got Cancelo. Say you didn't have Cancelo. Say you didn't have any of them, bar Trent. If you didn't have Chilwell, James or... Uh, Cancelo, who would be the number one target for you? Mm, tough one. I'd get Cancelo first because I think he basically plays in midfield, which is probably the case for all three of them, you, you can say. Um, but also City, I think, have the lowest XGA of any team in the league at the moment. And Cancelo has played every minute, I believe. So, yeah, I, yeah. I think he's top. He's head and shoulder. Yeah, I think he's above the Chelsea boys for those reasons. I think he's a better he's better asset for point potential and nail potential. So yeah, Cancelo's top of my watch list for sure. My wanted list, I should say. Wanted. Yeah. So very good. Thank you, Josh. Uh, question six. International break. It's everyone's favourite time. The international break. Wait and see regarding injuries for your transfers or jump on your preferred transfer right now to, to catch those price rises over the break? What's the better tactic? Uh, well, I don't think there is a right or wrong here. If I could sit on the fence myself, I'm a wait and see just because I'm quite risk adverse generally. And I will want to wait for the conferences right for the game week in case someone picks up an injury or whatever, even, even in training for the people that don't go on the international break. But if I guess the only scenario in which I would maybe do the opposite is if you're you really want an asset and you're on that exact price with your available budget for that one transfer, then you really may have to push it. But I don't like being backed into a corner in those scenarios, so I'd probably still wait. But what about you? I know you've beaten some price rises recently, so are you going to sing those praises? Yeah, I for an international break, it's a wait and see for me. Because mm-hmm. the fact that there, it's not just like a normal week where Sunday's gone, the next game's on the Saturday, and the player isn't playing in that week and might rise. The fact that they're playing games internationally in a two-week spell, for me, just says, we'll hold your horses here. Just wait for those games to be played. I'd say ignore the dropout injuries before the games, because they do tend to just be fake injuries essentially nine times out of ten there are all oh, the picks but knock so they can't travel oh sure enough they're in the squads in two weekends time 
but the, in the actual the players that do play in those international games can pick up injuries so i'd yeah i would wait for those and and i'd also add that generally price changes aren't that big into the international break because people just people aren't as active fantasy wise people take the international break as a break and they they go and do other things and don't make as many team transfers so so yeah I'd wait and see at least until after the games. Maybe not until the Friday before the game week 12, but wait for the international games to be played would be my move. Lovely. Good. So question seven. Good. We're rattling through these, Josh. This is great. Spurs assets. What did we learn from Conte's first game in charge? Ooh, well, I didn't watch the game. So cool. next question. Uh, <laughs> no, I guess what I'm saying is even if we even if there was an amazing result, or even if it was a little bit lackluster, like I think it it was, you know, not much between the two teams, nil-nil, Everton with an XG of 0.6, Spurs with an XG of 0.8. It's just a meh game, isn't it? Like I think yeah. we've just got the same applies to even if the, the manager didn't change, you've just got to wait and see nothing to write home about yet and i wouldn't jump on any of these assets until there is something to write home about especially we probably only want sun or kane and their price point means you've got to have some confidence right you've got kane what are you thinking yeah i'm thinking jury's still out i mean they did what i gleaned from it is they looked better they looked more up for it and they look more solid at the back but they look more progressive going forward which is great kane could have easily had an assist for for Regulon. um but yeah, it's a wait. I'm gonna hold hold him, see how he does. Like I said, I've got a Bamiang in my sights. If Kane doesn't look look up for it, I did see a tweet today that was like from the always cheating guys that said people aren't talking about the fact that Kane is still that jaded employee. Forget the manager; he's that. You know, have you ever been that guy that's been passed up an opportunity at work, or wanted a promotion, or had been neglected for a raise? It's mentally very hard to to come out of that in a short space of time. So yeah, particularly with Kane, the jury's still out, but, but other Spurs assets, I think um, they're, they're looking better options than they were, but yeah, let's wait. Let's give him a few more games to, to see what happens. Wait and see. Final question, Josh, of the big eight West Ham. Are Bowen and Fornells the new Ben Rama? In short, I think yes. I mean, I've got Ben Rama, and in recent game weeks, I've been looking for an opportunity to swap him out for another asset, either down to like, you know, the Gallagher's or a like for like. And I think out of Bowen and Fornals, Bowen is in the top five of both the XG and XA. We obviously only described the top three. He's not in the top threes, but he's just outside them for for the two. And in the last five game weeks, two goals, three assists. I I mean, I think he is quietly, and maybe now not so quietly, picking up some real form and returning consistently. So I think, I mean, fixtures-wise, Man City and Chelsea in the next four. And that would be the only reason why I wouldn't jump on him over someone like Gallagher, who's obviously got better fixtures, who's also been in, in kind of hot form as well. So, but yeah, definite one to look at. And I'll be looking at Boehm out of those two. 
Yeah, agree. I wish I'd gone for Bowen. I did. I kind of he came on radar. Like he's one of those times where you spot a player before people are talking about him. Like very rarely happens with me, especially. But it was one of those rare times where I thought, "Oh, Bowen, like he's looking good now." And sure enough, he's he's carried it on. But yeah, I think they'll give City and Chelsea a game. You know, they'll if anyone's going to beat City and Chelsea, it's it's them at the moment. Yeah, really good, really. And Bowen, Bowen and Fornals both seem to be in amongst it more than Ben Rama is at the moment, and but was at the start of the season. So, yeah, very good. Okay, those were the eight questions, Josh. Well answered. Hopefully useful to you, the listener. So next up, we've got our fixture predictions, haven't we? Indeed. So you were asking, I was doing a lot of the talking, Ben. Sure. Should we flip a Rooney it and yeah. I will pitch these to you? Cool. Got three. The three. first one that's been picked, the Saturday early kickoff, Leicester at home to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Vardy yeah. hat trick? Uh, I'd be surprised. <laughs> I would be surprised. I think Leicester are. The bottom's falling out of Leicester a bit, I think, the last few weeks. I don't think they've been very good defensively at all their Telemans has kind of been carrying them really I would say uh, in the attacking sense Vardy's drives Vardy's doing the classic Vardy thing of scoring 90% of his goals when nobody has him suddenly loads of people have got him and he's blanking and I think on top of that there's rumours of Brendan Rodgers head being turned with potential Man United job I don't know how true those rumours are but kind of knowing Brendan as I do, know him well, but knowing his ambition, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Man United job appealed to him. And if that is true, that that can't be helping them. Whereas Chelsea are just seem to be going from strength to strength. So yeah, I think Chelsea are gonna are gonna win this. If you're a Schmeichel owner and you've got a playing goal on your bench, I'd play the play. I'd play that as a keeper. And I think um, Chelsea are gonna win this comfortably. What do you the think? bench bench Vardy then if you've got him. Well, I ne- I don't know. I'm never a fan of benching attacking assets based on fixture anyway, regardless. Um, Vardy can score against big teams. We know that. So it looks like I think Inacho was benched again on the weekend. So yeah, Barnes is playing in his place, isn't he? Yeah, scored a screamer Barnes to be fair. But again, he he's flattering to deceive largely this season so far. Maybe that goal will galvanise him. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold out much hope for your attacking assets. If you've got, if you're playing a more rotation game with your bench, then then maybe it is t- this of all fixtures would be, would be time to, to bench them. I mean, I'd be looking to move off Fardy anyway, personally, as a striker for how much he costs. So, yeah, it's it's a, I'm, I'm pretty confident of a Chelsea result here. Yeah, what about you? I would agree. Yeah, I think. What gives us pause initially is you say, oh, Leicester, they're a good team. But based on this season, you know, mid-table and looking at their XG and XGA as well, they are mid-table. They're almost smack bang mid-table for everything. So and I think yeah. I think that just tells the story this year, aren't they? They're, we, we're thinking, oh, Leicester, they're a good team, but they're just kind of mediocre a little bit this year. And I think Chelsea will take advantage of that because they can slap the mediocre teams. Yeah. And they will probably in this case, I would say. 
Yeah, there we are then. We, we seem to agree there. Great. Come on, Chelsea. Uh, Next up, let me pitch it to you again. Keep coming. Keep them coming to me. Liverpool at home to Arsenal. Saturday late kickoff. This a little bit harder to say maybe with Arsenal's recent form. What do you think the results will be? And, you know, what are you doing for your Whites, your Ramsdales, your Liverpool attackers, everything? Hit me, hit me, hit me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a Liverpool win still, as good as Arsenal have been lately. I think they got a bit lucky against Watford. I mean, that goal they scored was a complete, it was, you know, shithousery, wasn't it, from them? Not giving the ball back, then committing a foul and then scoring from Arsenal was, uh, yeah, very cheeky, I thought. And even though they're a better team, I think... um, I think they still still got a bit lucky in that game. They could score, like you said, Liverpool's defence. They, they seem there seems to just be something not quite right with Liverpool defensively at the moment, not just in that West Ham game, but with the art with the Arsenal that Liverpool have with the the, the striking power. I'm still going to captain Salah, and I, I still think Liverpool will win. So there it is. Still play your Smith Rose, and Ramsdale could get save points again. There's not. With the, if you've got players from these teams, you're not going to drop them regardless of fixture again, I don't think. Maybe Ben White, if you've got him, if you're still rotating him around, bench bench him. But yeah, I think Liverpool win could be goals for both teams. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, if I had the option to swap Ram, if because I've got Foster as well, if Foster had a good fixture, I would consider switching to him which would be madness I think because of obviously what yeah, happened last time I tried to do that they've got uh, United, United. Yeah. so they've got a good fixture Please. So I'll stop slating that. I'll stop slating United now but went I think overboard you... went a bit overboard last pod um, <laughs> you're reeling it in you're re- let Gary Neville let them, I'll just let the pundits deal with that yeah they'll, they'll, they got that covered yeah. Um, but yeah I think despite that you know Liverpool are as you said looking a bit shaky I think that midfield they need to find a consistent midfield three this year there's been a, a couple of injuries and I think Van Dijk and Matty, uh, Matip went in and out and Kanata came in I think they just need to find a little bit of consistency and then the performances will really ramp up again but I think at home Arsenal aren't quite oh they're getting much better but I don't think they're quite there yet are they in terms of experience together and time together and they're still very young teams so I think Liverpool turn them over agreed good, good. Good. Next Sunday, late kickoff, Spurs at home to Leeds. Mm, yeah, so I mean, if I think Spurs will be very pleased with this fixture because Leeds, Leeds are still no great shakes at all. Rafinha aside, they look at every player looks worse than they were last year. The Harrisons, Dallas's, they just even Mesley and goal, they just don't look as good as they were last year. Rafinha's quality, he's stepped up. They're really missing Bamford. And of all the... It's it's Conte's first home game, I believe. Was he away last week? That's a guess. But it's home this week, so I'm guessing it is. (laughs) Uh, The fans are going to be loving it. It's the late kickoff on the Sunday, the showtime game. If if any game Spurs are going to kick on under Conte, it'll be this one, I think. So play your Spurs assets. I think it's a Spurs win. And you need to just get off Leeds defenders now. Get off any Leeds player if you've got them. And stick with Rafinha. He's a one-man army. But but avoid avoid Leeds massively. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, the leads of last year, what we loved about them is they would come out swinging and often outpunch their opponent. I think the problem this year is they're no longer a, like a heavyweight or, you know, somewhere close to a heavyweight. They're now like a featherweight coming out, trying to punch everyone else and they're just getting absolutely battered. So I think mm. they're going to concede. We, we, they definitely are open to conceding leads and they're uh, without the Bamfords, as you said, they're, they're just not giving teams enough to think about in defense. So I think the stereotypical Conte, you know, Italian defense will be shrewd, but also I think, Spurs at home, their attacking assets will just rip apart that Leeds defence. So I still think Spurs could be open to conceding though. So as you said, play your Rafinha's and other attacking assets for Leeds. But yeah, Spurs for me again. We agree on all of them. Yeah, we do, don't we? Boring. Good. Uh, another little break yeah. before we go on to Game Week 12 and Algo teams. Yeah. Sounds good to me, man. Sounds Perfect. good. So, see you in a sec. Back again. Okay, Jack. So, game yeah. week 12 now. It's a long way away. So, it won't hold you to whatever you say. And I'm hoping <laughs> I won't be held to whatever I say. But do you have any grand plan for game week 12? I would certainly wouldn't call it grand, this plan. Uh, <laughs> it's a, ro- a plan to roll. Plan to roll the transfer, barring, of course, any injuries in the, the break. Sanchez in goal, but I've got Steele as backup. Thankfully, so I'll just bring him in. I've checked with my Brighton supporting cousin that Steele's definitely the man to come in, and he's confirmed he, he almost certainly is. And I think Potter said something this week as well to say that Steele will be the man to come in. So that's good news. As I, and as I said, yeah, I'll be Buemo. My kind of players I'm starting to get nervous about have got all right fixtures. So Buemo's got the Newcastle fixture. Kane has got that Leeds fixture. Conte effect hopefully will come in there. And it's just a nice week for me to see how these guys get on with one more with one more good fixture. And that will let me roll the transfer, which will let me potentially downgrade Kane, free up some funds for a Cancelo or a uh, Jota midfield, maybe for from Wemo. But we'll but I'll take that decision the week after. So yeah, feeling feeling relaxed. Feeling relaxed. Bit gutted it's international break, so I always am, but but relaxed nonetheless. So that's me, man. What about you? Yeah, I, I held a transfer last week, so it's staged for me to do something amazing, right? But I'm not sure what it is at the moment. I'm, excited. I'm, I'm considering, and this may be crazy, I'm considering downgrading Saar to Gallagher, or you could say upgrade, Upgrade. Downgrading the price, upgrading the quality. Sure. And then taking Duffy to James or Chilwell. That money in the bank was my insurance money for when, in the future, for when Lukaku comes back from Vardy. So I feel like I'm cashing in my life savings and putting it all on red if I got rid of that. But we live in the now. We live in the here and now, right? So I want the points potential points for a Chelsea defender. Originally, I thought about swapping a Chelsea defender for Diaz, but actually, I want it all. I want it all, Jack. I want heavy in defence, so... Good. Be greedy. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's that, I think. That's what I'm probably going to do. Obviously, we'll see what happens with the international break, etc. But that's my current plan. 
great moves. Great moves all around, I think, Josh. Yeah, exactly what I would do. I think, yeah, don't don't worry about the Lukaku thing. I know the feeling of when you've got too much money in, in the bank and it's nice to have it in there. Like, I gave up mine when I brought Kane and Mane in and it has, hasn't felt great since, but that's largely because Kane hasn't performed. But I think Chilwell and Gallagher are much surefire bets than, than my Kane punt was. So there we go. Very good. Well, one, one sub-question, James or Chilwell? I'd go Chilwell. Yeah, you touched on it before, the Aspilicueta threat to James. James is, I mean, if James, I think both were nailed, I'd probably edge James. He's just explosive at the moment. But Chilwell, he, he, Chilwell's got the favour side of two Chelsea. Yeah, I'd go Chilwell. Yeah, I agree. Heart, it's, you know, head over heart there, isn't it? I think yeah. heart says, love the James points, but head says Chilwell for sure. Yeah, yes, indeed. Lovely. Well, yeah, that's game week 12. And I'm sure a lot will change between here and now and then, but what are you going to do? But more importantly, we need to check in with the Algo teams, Jack. So tell us how the boys got on. Very important to check in. So let's start with dif- let's start with Differential United. So I'll bring them up on the screen. So these are players that any transfer that's made has to be a player that's under 5% owned. So Two transfers were brought in this week and they were pretty successful. So we ditched Lowton and Veltman. They weren't doing it for differential, Mr. Differential. Brought in Henry and Mitchell for a 10-pointer for Henry and six points for Mitchell. So really good. Not the best week as a whole because we captained Aubameyang from minus two. Uh, But that aside, ending on 48 points with a minus two captain isn't that bad, I don't think. So, yeah, Mitchell and Henry came in and did well. Fornells and Bowen, those two differential picks weeks ago are now paying dividends there. So really good differential pick early on from those guys. The De Bruyne pick isn't bearing fruit yet, which is a shame. I think everyone agrees in the wider world that De Bruyne is not really on form at the moment. And Jimenez and Saint-Maximin just joined the gang of strikers that aren't doing anything, like all of the strikers. So so not too bothered about that. But a good, yeah, the differential level is, is raising in rank. So I'll get the graph up for YouTube viewers. Gradually on the increase in rank for the differential level. Hopefully that can, can continue with transfers like that. I think it's looking promising. Nice, good. And as you said, the Fornells and Bowens... This, this was that early nod to them. Bowen's been in there for a while and performing week in, week out. Yes, yeah, they've been keeping this this puppy afloat. So, nice slightly worse story for our friends in the differ, in the XG11. Oh, so no. These are players purely picked on XG. We rolled a transfer last week, so no changes were made. But it was a bit of a horror show. I mean, I was going to make a transfer last week for a defender, but Tarkowski, Sais, and me are still the three highest defenders for XG, which I was really surprised at. So they're still going and they're still struggling with 1.1.2 points this week. The goals aren't coming for those guys. The only good news this week was Gallagher and Salah captaincy. Uh, and the rest blanked. So yeah, me, Blank, Mane, Jota, Vardy, Antonio and Wood. It's a blank brigade for 34 points. Quite a big rank drop think for the xg11 so things are not going well after a great start to the season mm. picking players on xg alone josh seems to have a diminishing return so far so interesting yeah i mean you you mentioned last week didn't you i think the plan for next season will be midfield attacking assets xg 
defensive and goalkeeper assets chosen on XGA, maybe? I think that will be, if we continue with the algorithm stuff next year, yeah, we'll tweak the algorithm to for this team to um, to reflect that. You're, you're correct. Because, yeah, defensive XG is not working. I don't know why those defenders aren't scoring more goals. That's that big. That's key to the problem there, I think. <laughs> agree, agree. I mean, Tarkowski <laughs> and me do tend to pop up with a couple, don't they? <laughs> But yeah, not this year. That, yeah, not this year at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, there we are. So that's it. So they're still sitting. They're not doing amazingly well. These XG, these algorithm teams. I mean, three million for the XG eleven, and I think four and four point yeah four point seven mil for differential United. So yeah. So we'll see how they go. And I'm well ahead of both of them now, thankfully. I know I was <laughs> lagging behind the XG11, but I've torn ahead, thank God. So, yeah, so far proving that actively managed teams are more successful than teams based on algorithms, but it's early doors. Take that, robots. Yeah. All right. Great. Yeah, great to hear. Good to see, especially differentials doing all right. XG, they need to get it together. But that wraps it up for this week, Jack. So a nice little extra long break with the international break and uh, we'll be back in touch um, after game week 12 yeah I think we will we'll probably be doing some things on YouTube and stuff as we have been doing so yeah please like and subscribe and comment there if you like that stuff any suggestions let us know and we're now on TikTok Josh aren't we just to with the kids yeah mention that so if you're TikToking away give us a little follow and be much appreciated so mix of you know data led and just comedy led stuff some light stuff in there as well comedy's generous isn't it yeah comedy's very generous actually but yeah so yeah the ever-expanding empire of another fpl pod there you go boom all right see you joshua cheers jack all right see you in a bit adios adios